Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name, of course, is Del Palmadad. I appreciate your time. Today, I have Matthew Rolnick. He is Vice President Sales at Yaymaker, coming to us from the Windy City, Chicago. Matt, how are things, man? Things are going well. Weather's getting a little nicer. Uh, thanks for having me on, Paul. You bet. Hey, how'd I do on the last name? Did I get it? Yep. Matthew Rolnick. Yep. All right. I, actually, I said Rolnick and not Rolnick. So Either way. But we're all good. Okay, good. Listen, nice to meet you, man. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Do me a favor. Say hi to everybody. Provide a quick intro, and we'll jump into your episode. Well, hello, everyone. Again, my name is Matthew Rolnick. And uh, as as Paul said, I'm in the Chicagoland area. I'm a father of a 13-year-old. My wife, Sabine, and we're in the Downers Grove area. And uh, I work for a company called Yaymaker, where we do events. We were doing in-venue events. And we really had to pivot once the pandemic started of shifting to virtual. So now we do over a hundred virtual experiences. We have over a million and a half active subscribers, mostly women that like to do known for our paint nights, but we have over a hundred virtual experiences. And we do a lot with companies now where we do employee engagement activities. So we'll do trivia or mixology classes. We even work with celebrities to pop in a Zoom. But as I said, it was a real change for us, but it's been an exciting and wild ride. Well, I'm looking forward to you hearing about your journey and so with that said, let's dive into it, shall we? Sure. All right, here we go. So we're going back in time. Then let's go back to uh, Wisconsin-Madison. Sure. All right. Bachelor's Business Administration, Marketing, Quantitative Analysis, and International Business. Matthew, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, um, I've always found psychology interesting, and I've always found business interesting. So marketing, I've always thought of as the psychology of business. So I decided I wanted to be in business, be entrepreneurial. Um, I always had a strong math background. So I uh, also had a degree in uh, quantitative analysis. Um, and then international business was just, I did a semester abroad in London. Um, and when did so that, you graduate? What'd you say? When did you, when did you graduate? I graduated in 92. So 92. Okay, great. So that's uh, so early 90s. Uh, obviously, almost 30 years ago now, yes. uh, different time in the world. And we're coming out of the Gulf War, you know, into the 90s, a bit of a recession. Yep. Uh, it's hammer time. And it's just yep. kind of a different time here. Not that it's any easier now, of course, but the 90s were no picnic. Do you remember when you were getting ready to get out there? Did you have a vision at the time? Or were you just kind of figuring it out? Or did you have a thought of this is what I'm going to do? This, you know, things kind of come back full circle. Um, for me, even the company I work for now was an entrepreneur named Dan Herman, who I knew when I was a, a college student. And then we reunited, I joined his company. Um, but uh, so for me, I've always known I've wanted to be an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, I say, and always be on the marketing and sales side. That's something that's always, I feel, kind of been in my DNA. So that was kind of always my vision. My junior year in college, I actually started my own marketing publishing company. And ended up running that for quite a for many years before I sold it. So I've always been in the, I would say, marketing, advertising, entrepreneurial space. Um, so in what I'm doing now, kind of all the stars kind of aligned and kind of all built for me to be in this opportunity. You know, Matthew, I'm a business owner. 
my dad was a business owner and my grandfather was a business owner before him. So my story is that, well, it's in my bloodlines. So I'm curious about your interest in, 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 in doing that. Were you either of your parents entrepreneurs and did, did you kind of get that growing up or where'd that come from? Do you think? You know what? I really don't know. Both my parents have their PhDs. Uh, my father in economics, my mother in epidemiology. Um, you know, I eventually went on to get my master's, which, you know, for my family was not a big deal. In certain right. Um, but um, um, so they always like the more conservative, um, secure track and very educational and things like that. So for me being entrepreneurial, they were always a little concerned, but they always were very supportive. Um mm. I don't know. I've always had this idealism and this fearlessness. And if I've been really passionate, I just kind of go for it. And um, it, that's kind of what always driven me. The, the, the marketing company that you founded while in college, was that kind of a, a, a side gig or did you actually pursue that, you know, post-graduation? So my junior year, um, I, I teamed up with a gentleman named Todd Stryker, who was a friend who um, wanted to start a discount card. It was going out to the University of Michigan and he asked if I wanted to help him. And um, we, we ended up getting local businesses in Madison to advertise on this discount card. We'd sell it and get advertising. And as a college student, we were generating about $10,000 with hardly any cost, just our time. Um, and I eventually bought him out. And by my senior year, I realized, you know what? If I can make 10,000 working just a couple hours a week as a side, I think I can parlay this into just running my own kind of marketing business. So right. that's how it started for me. Okay. And so what was that sustainable post um, graduation for any length of time? So I did end up running the business for, and I had other partners that I, that I worked with eventually bought out again for another seven, eight years. I learned a lot about myself. I learned that even though I'm very entrepreneurial, my strength was always in the market sales, business development and ideas. It wasn't so much, I did not enjoy the bookkeeping, working mm. on the legal stuff. A, a lot of the, the administrative, I, I just wasn't as, as strong with that. But um, I always loved when, again, when I was spearheading, talking to partnerships, clients, things like that. So um, it wasn't easy. I mean, I actually bartered a lot. Um, I basically, I would say I was mildly successful as an entrepreneur, I eventually had someone else buy into the business and then they ran it for another several years before they ended up um, moving on to another opportunity. And so when did you eventually move on from that venture? How many years would you say you were there doing that? It, it was eight years. It was in 2000 when I eventually sold the business. Okay. And so 2000, eight years, it's all you know. Yep. You're able to carve out some sort of a living to do that for that length of time. Um, did someone approach you to buy you out? Did you just finally say it was enough? And so how, how did you end up transitioning into your next venture? You know, I had a very talented entrepreneur who was a student at the time. His name was Kurt Kluth, who had a lot of skill sets that I didn't. Um, and he was just a great, I'd say, general manager. But he ended up helping with the business. And eventually, we worked something out for him to buy it out. Um, so and then again, I realized for myself, I want to have my career grow in more sales and marketing. Fair enough. What, was there a gap in your transition or did you uh, move into another job or another company that maybe you started after this happened? Um, it, it, it kind of all kind of worked itself together. At the time I was selling um, the business, I had another business mentor named Bill Levy who 
who was working on a business, um, working with senior citizens um, to do these educational travel programs. So seniors that lived in Florida in the summertime it was too hot. They'd come to college campuses like Madison or Santa Barbara. Yeah. And he asked me to help with sales programming and development. And so that was something as a, sh as a short stint, I went into that. So I was selling the business and then transitioning into his business. Gotcha. Okay. And so, so what was the next, uh, was there another long-term venture in, in your scope here coming up? What'd you do in the 2000s? So mostly in the 2000s, I say I worked for the Tribune company for, for many years. I mean, I want to say close to a, about close to a decade in the sense that after senior summer school, that program, I moved to Orlando. I worked for Orlando Sentinel and that was kind of my first working for a large cor corporation. Um, and I was selling advertising and which really was in line with me because that's what I did as a business. My business was in advertising. So I worked for the Orlando Sentinel and I sold, you know, newspaper ads, direct mail, some of our online stuff, but, and I worked with Disney as a, a client and several other entertainment accounts, but then I ended up doing um, the newspaper. Then I moved to Chicago, but stayed with the Tribune where I worked in direct mail, niche magazines. So I, I had a real background in selling different media. What was the move like to Florida? Were you, had you been there before? Are you a native Floridian or was it just a whole new venture? Um, I, I loved Florida. Um, it basically, the, my business mentor at the time when I grew into his business, um, I was staying in Madison, but their headquarters were in, in South Florida. Mm. So I, I ended up moving to South Florida um, and that where the headquarters was. And I was with that company for like two to three years. Okay. And so you're in, and then you moved back to Chicago, did you say? Well, um, now I, I, as I said, I grew up, I grew up in Minneapolis. I went to school in Wisconsin. Um, I always loved Chicago. It's, um, and, but uh, when I was with the Tribune who owned Orlando Sentinel, later I let them know I wanted to move to Chicago. I, I knew for myself, I, I always loved big cities. I always loved the Midwest. Um, so Chicago was just a city that I felt as a marketer, someone sales, entrepreneur, I just thought there'd be a big opportunity. So okay. I ended up uh, working for the Tribune in Chicago. So I'm curious about this because you're not a Tribune anymore. Correct. Uh, the, 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 how long were you there for? So total, I worked for the Tribune for eight years. The first okay. couple of years in Orlando, the next five, six years um, in Chicago. So I want to chat with you about this because... You work for a company for a pretty good stretch of time. Seven, yep. eight years is a long haul. And in two yep. different cities, they move you around. You know, they, they take you down to Orlando or down to my down to Florida. And then you say, I want to raise my hand. I don't want to be here anymore, but I want to stay with you. I want to go to Chicago. And they go, sure. Okay. Um, how did that factor into the decision to move on? Was it your choice after that length of time or was it theirs? And if it was yours, it must have been hard sense of loyalty to the company and they kind of committed to you and vice versa. And how did that play into your decision to move on? So to give a little more context, this is a little crazy, which I would not recommend for most people. But um, when I was in Orlando after the first two, three years, I just knew I wanted to be in Chicago. So I actually gave a five month notice, which again, I would not recommend, but I remember back and I think this was November of 2002 or 2003 I wanted to move in Chicago when the weather got nicer come spring. Mm. So I was very fortunate that the Tribune allowed me to give a five month notice because some companies might say you're out in two weeks. And then after I moved, 
they were very gracious enough to keep my benefits intact for three months, like almost gave me a leave of absence where I literally had informational interviews with a dozen different like departments in Tribune. Eventually I landed in Tribune Direct and direct marketing. So that was a great opportunity. That, um, and then when I was with the Tribune, um, I realized, especially again, this is towards the later part of the 2000s, um, that everything was moving digital, that mm -hmm. print, direct mail, all, I mean, that I wanted to get in the digital space. So I ended up leaving the Tribune, um, like I believe it was around 2008. Um, and I worked with a company uh, called City Search, which was the big online review site before Yelp got very big. So City Search okay. was the Yelp before Yelp. Um, so, I, and I just took a role as, um, as just a, an individual contributor as a, as a salesperson selling digital solutions for city search. But did you go to Chicago from Florida with a job with Tribune no. or, or did, so you went with, okay, I, I'm going to start fresh here. So you basically quit and move yep. cities. I quit and move cities. Everyone thought I was a little off my rocker a little bit, like, cause I had a great job that I really enjoyed. I just knew there was something else I wanted to do and I wanted to be in Chicago and uh, I, I, it was fortunate that I ended up finding another opportunity within the Tribune company, but I, that very well may not have worked out. Talk about the power of intention. Yes. And I mean, because you, you could have easily just stayed in Florida. They, they weren't kicking you out and yep. decent runway with the company. You're like, no, this isn't working for me anymore. I got to go. Yep. And again, I, I do appreciate, I mean, I know SOAR and you talk a lot about power of intention. For me, that is very important to me. And that fits if I'm passionate about something, if I'm determined, you know, I, I think it's that's a very important to be true to yourself and what's going to make you happy. And have you been in Chicago ever since? Ever since. So I've been okay. in, yeah. So I've been in Chicago for, um, yeah, almost over like 17 years now. I think. Wow. Okay. Uh, did you meet your wife in Chicago? Um, I, I I did. She used to work. Wow. At, she used to work at UIC um, as a professor, um, and um, yeah. We met, got engaged, married, uh, went all lived all over in Chicago, um, and uh, and uh, and now she was a professor, and then had to unfortunately to health challenges, had to change careers, um, but now she's a, she was in real estate, mm. and uh, and uh, I like to help her with the real estate as well. But that's she's now very entrepreneurial with the real estate. How long was your tenure with City Search? I was at City Search, I believe, from and again I'm getting my right around, I think, two and a half years or so. I think okay. right around 2008 to 2010. Okay. Did you go into that job as a, this was my next step? Was it a stepping stone? Did you, were you disappointed with that length of time and, or was that oh, always the plan? Oh, no, no. Um, so for me, um, I just knew, I was always, you know, Wayne Gretzky says, go where the puck is mm -hmm. going, like be anticipated. To me, I just saw digital obviously growing. So I felt that was a space that I had to learn, master, get myself really immersed within. So that actually worked out really well. So no, I, not at all. Okay. And so why'd you leave? Where'd you go? So after City Search, and anyone who knows me loves that, knows I talk about, there was a company that just started um, called Groupon. And uh, the, the CEO at the time, his name was Andrew Mason. He, he helped found Groupon. And uh, Eric Lefkowski, um, was uh, also helped funded. You know, his name was very involved with it. But anyway, um, um, so I, I was fast when I was working for City Search. Um, I stumbled upon Groupon, 
And I remember talking to a restaurant with someone on my team and they just told me they tested Groupon and it's a unique business model. Yeah. And that they, but anyway, um, so I literally, then I uh, found out that Andrew Mason reached out to City Search um, to say, hey, I'd love to see if we could work together. The VP basically went to me and said, Matt, you talk about this company. Would you be interested in talking to him? I said, sure. So I grabbed lunch with him when he had seven employees. And he wanted to know if my team, because at that time I went from sales to a sale to a regional sales manager, and he wanted to know if we'd be open to procuring deals for Groupon. That was only in Chicago at the time. They only had 19,000 right. subscribers. Um, but anyway, I stayed in close contact with him. And, um, and then later, um, I had someone from HR, their HR reach out to me as well and said, hey, um, we're looking at a national sales position, kind of our first, would you be open to it? And I talk about career changes. I decided to go from a regional sales manager back to an individual contributor in sales because I loved the, what Groupon started and what they, I thought the potential was. You know, it's fascinating to me that that happened because it's so easy to maybe be in 2021 and look back on that decision to say, well, look at Groupon today. Like they're a massive organization, clearly a success story, and it worked out. Absolutely. I, have a good, I have a good friend and colleague of mine who uh, now works at salesforce.com yeah. and has been there, I think probably 15, 17 years now. But when he started, he was like employee. He was in Toronto at the time. And I think in Canada, he was like employee number six and call it 20 years ago, almost like Salesforce was not what it was today. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and he left Xerox, this behemoth of a company to kind of go to this startup and it worked out, but it's so easy to look back and say, well, that was an easy choice, but it wasn't. And it sounds like you had a thought, but it couldn't have been the easiest of choices, but you're still going to a startup. Um, you know what? For me, it, 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 it was clear as day that they were going, that they were going to be a rocket ship. It was, I mean, to me, the value that they were bringing to consumers and to businesses were obvious. And I remember even interviewing um, Darren Schwartz, who was the VP of sales at the time. Now he's the CEO of this company called M3 LinkedIn. I still keep in touch with. Um, he asked me like, why would you want to take a step back from management to sales? And I, to me, it was just, if I'm passionate about something, it doesn't even feel like selling. I, I mean, yeah. I'm a natural evangelist. So I just said, I love what you guys are doing. I see tremendous potential. I want to be part of it. It was not, I talked to my wife and again, between them working out a package with the base and incentives and stock. I mean, it was just like, this is where I want to be. And so was it what you thought it would be? It really was. I mean, especially, I mean, in the, in the early days of Groupon were almost magical, where he almost felt invincible in certain ways. There was a, such a, an energy um, and just this rapid growth. So it was very exciting. And, uh, and I, um, I was kind of a utility person in the sense that I was helping national sales, local sales, doing trainings for teams. So I, I realized for myself, kind of startups, is where I get extra excited because then you can create. And if I can help with the creative process and sell, then it's even more exciting for me. It would, is that one of the reasons why you joined Yaymaker? Did they, did they kind of check those boxes for you? A, a thousand percent. Here, I mean, you know, I, I joke, I laugh, don't tell anybody, but I color my hair just because, uh, you know, it helps me stay young or anything. But here, here I'm 50, about to turn 51. And in my mind, I'm still 25, 26. But, mm. um, but, Yay maker. When I talked, when I reached out to Dan Herman, who I met in Madison, Wisconsin, we were entrepreneurs together. Here's a guy who started this company called originally it was called paint night. He started in 2012. 
with a single artist teaching people at a bar how to paint and people drank, loved it. He grew it to 60 plus million in revenues. Mm. It was a, he grew in 2017. I think it was one of the second fastest growing cities. Um, but when I reached out to him, it was right after the pandemic, asked him how he's doing. And he said, horribly, his revenues basically went to zero. And so I started brainstorming with him on, hey, couldn't you do more things virtually? And he already started to. And then couldn't we expand? We started brainstorming and expanding some of the offerings and experiences. And anyway, he ended up getting some PPP money, working some things out that he had to. And uh, then he made me an opportunity to be a vice president of sales and bring in a, a team and really help create how we could do events and experiences differently. So he gave me a lot of flexibility and collaboration to really kind of be entrepreneurial and do something very differently. And I actually think our company will be even stronger now once things go back to normal, because now we do all these things virtually and eventually in venue. You know, and you joined them about a year ago? Yeah, just about okay. a year ago. April. So, April. Yeah. so it's funny, you know, I, I don't say this lightly because the last year has been challenging, but it's funny, if you take, if we go back to April of last year versus where we are today, I don't know if the world is any better than we were a year ago, but I think mentally we have a better grasp on what's in front of us here and kind of how to manage this. But in April, even with my own business, it was like, we're taking on water. People were getting fired. People were dying at like crazy clips and people were laying people off and furloughing. And here you are, you're like, I'm going to quit. Were you, were you still at Groupon? Well, again, I was actually furloughed. I was a fur. I was furloughed. Oh, you were okay. So I was there. Was I was furloughed? I want to say April six, and I ended up joining Dan and GameMaker April twenty seventh. So it, it, now it helped. I mean, for me, I believe in nurturing relationships and trying to get help people and give value as much as I can. So I'm a, a, a I'd say aggressive, strategic networker in many ways as well. But um, I was trying to help him with ideas before. So there were seeds planted. But uh, so it turned out to be a blessing in disguise for me, because as you mentioned, this opportunity really checks so many boxes for me. Right. But now were, were you already mentally kind of on the look a little bit and, and it just kind of happened and then the furlough prompted this? Or, or do you think if had you not been furloughed, you'd still be a group on today? Oh, I don't think if I wasn't furloughed, I, I'd, pro I'd probably still be a group. I mean, I, 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 I bled group on green when I was there. Yeah. Um, so, and I still love to keep in touch with people there as well, but, um, but it just, the timing worked out for, you know, Groupon had to really think, take a step back in what they were going to do. And, and here's some, uh, a friend of mine, entrepreneur that had this opportunity and I just, I just seized it. And so how have you handled the last year professionally, personally, and how you doing? So I, I'm very mindful of all the, of how challenging it's been for, for everyone. And I, uh, and uh, so it's been tough and I've had so many friends, family that's had challenges for me, however, professionally um, it's really opened up a lot more opportunities. As soon as I was furloughed, I decided to just start, just decide to give as much value as I could to anybody I could help. That was my yeah. idea. I, I was thinking, I'm not going to try to find a job necessarily. I'm just going to try to see if I can help people. I, I believe in karma. And I started posting all this content on LinkedIn and it just opened up new doors. The next thing you know, is I had this company called UXL that asked me if I would teach a course. I had uh, Forbes business 
development council reached out to me, said they like my LinkedIn content. Would I be interested in being part of that to write content and now write for Forbes? Um, and um, so, and, and then for Yaymaker, it's really opened up opportunities for me too. So after being furloughed, I started thinking about my own brand, my own content and started building more of my own following. And um, so it's really, I mean, for me professionally, um, there were opportunities that I was able to, you know, really embrace. Matthew, what a great ride, man. So you start in uh, Minneapolis. Isn't it yep. the state of the 10,000 lakes? Is that what it's called? Something Land, like that? Land of yeah, 10,000 right? lakes. Paul right. Bunyan's footsteps. Yep. So, you, so you're in Minneapolis. You're in Minnesota. You find your way to Wisconsin. You go to school there. You get your foundation. Then you go, I'm going south. You go to, you go to Florida. Yep. You set up shop there for a little bit. And you realize, okay, Florida's good, but I don't love it. Yep. So you put, so you put in notice, not two weeks, but five months notice. Yep. And they say to you, okay, you can hang around for a bit. It's all good. And then it turns out that you decide to go to Chicago, not knowing what was going to come of it. Tribu Tribune says to you, no, we want you here. So stay in Chicago. So good for you. Then you realize, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. You find your way into, um, uh, I forget the name of the company where you said you went to, uh, but you yeah, no, but yeah, you yeah, you went to City Search, okay, before Yelp, and then okay, the writing was on the wall. You, you go to Groupon, and I appreciate what you said around you. You could see that they were going to do some great things here, but you didn't know, right? And so there's still right. Groupon is not what it was, you know, then as it is today. And you have a great run. You get furloughed, which I'm sure you were not expecting, as we turned into January of 2020. And then you find yourself kind of in limbo for a couple of weeks. But here you are a year later. And you're at Yeemaker, you know, doing your thing. So congrats on what you've been able to create, man. It's a great ride. Well, I appreciate it. And, and, and nothing's easy. And we still have our, our challenges that we're growing. But I think we're doing some really great things. And for, and for me, it, it, as I said, it's been fun creating new partnerships and trying to, you know, make a dent in the space. So, yeah. Well, listen, Matt, I have to ask you, I don't know if you're a sports fan or not, but if you are, Sox or Cubs? Uh, well, uh, you know, I grew up in Minneapolis, so if anything, I went toward the Twins. Although working for the Tribune at the time they owned the Cubs, I was able to go to several Cubs games. So All right, it is gotcha. a big, big rivalry here, though. Well, you must have been a Pucket fan then. Yes, I was a big oh. Pucket fan. Yeah. For sure, right? Well, good. Yeah, well, Matthew, so great to meet you, man. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks, Paul. I greatly appreciate it. You bet. All right, everybody, let's wrap up this episode. Thanks so much for being here. Remember, your intention matters. Why? because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Stay safe. And for Matt, let's go twins. Go twins.